Hey, 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 it's Q&A day, which means if you have Q's, I have A's. Basically, it's a question and answer day where we take all of the things that you're stuck on, the things that you just can't move past, and we give you clarity. And my favorite part of today is that a lot of people are going to benefit from the questions that were sent in, mostly by our All Access Pass holders and a few from our website, you know, weekend participants. If you want to check out either of those programs, go over to our website and do that, travelmarketingandmedia.com. But for today, we have some great questions and I can't wait to dive in. Hey there, I'm Sandra McLemore, and I have trekked both the globe and the travel industry for over 25 years. From my first steps as a travel agent to my exciting career as a travel TV host and contributor on network news and morning shows. And now coaching over 42,000 travel entrepreneurs. Guys, I've seen the highs and the lows of what it means to market and sell travel. Whether you're taking your very first steps in the industry or scaling up to reach amazing new goals, perhaps feeling a little bit adrift and looking for a compass, you, my friend, are in the right place. In each episode, we're going to learn from stories that inspire, strategies that work, and conversations that dive deep into the heart of starting up and scaling a travel business. Fasten your seatbelts, stow away your doubts, and prepare for takeoff. This is your boarding pass to the Travel, Marketing, and Media Podcast. Our first question is from Jenny Blazik from Blazik Travels, and her question is about marketing funnel planning. She says, hey, Sandra, I got my MailerLite form set up and clients imported. I got it done. Exclamation mark. Now, how do I market it? I shared it on Facebook, but it has a weird message about leaving Facebook. But I did it, and it looks good. So the first thing, Jenny, yes, you did it. So many travel advisors have this on their to-do list, and it doesn't get done as quickly as they want to. So kudos to you for setting up your mailer light form, getting your clients imported, and now being ready in a position to be able to market your lead magnet. So I'm assuming it's a lead magnet, but there's every chance that maybe you've just created an opt-in form to start a community of people who want to hear from you regularly. The first thing I'll do before we talk about marketing it and getting it out to more people is to remind you that if you haven't done so already, you'll want to create an, a welcome email. This is an email that everyone who opts into your form, so who fills out that form that you've just completed, that you've just created, that everyone receives an automatic, immediate welcome email that just says, hey, thanks so much for joining our community or thanks for downloading XYZ or thanks for watching or listening to XYZ, depending on, of course, whether or not you did a lead magnet or just a simple opt-in form. And then it goes on to say, at Blazik Travels, we specialize in da-da-da-da-da-da-da, just one sentence, your core message, preferably, and what can you expect to hear? What can you expect from us? You can expect that we're going to pop into your inbox every week on Wednesday mornings, Saturday evenings, or Friday nights, whatever it is that you choose. There's no wrong answer there. And we're going to share with you and then tell them what you're going to be giving them. It might be a video every week, a new podcast episode every week. Maybe it's a written article. Maybe it's um, some photo inspiration of an upcoming 
of a destination or an experience that we think you might want to have on your travel bucket list. We'll never spam you. We'll never share your email address with anyone. And of course, you can unsubscribe at any time. But we recommend hanging in there for a minute because your next best vacation might be in your inbox this Wednesday or Friday or Saturday or whatever. So make sure that you've got that welcome email set up. The next thing you'll want to do is to have a plan to show up in their inbox every single week and point them to a piece of content that is relevant to the type of travel that you want to sell and relevant to the type of travel that you want to, that they want to book. And of course, those two things should be aligned. And speaking of alignment, the most important thing is that weekly content that you create, it's in direct alignment with your sales goals. So assuming that you've got that ready, your welcome email, and you've got a plan to get out content out to them every week, to answer your question, how do I promote it? Good question, Jenny. In fact, doing what you've done is the first bit and the fastest bit. The next bit is where the true magic happens. You'll want to make sure that you promote joining your community or accessing your lead magnet to the people who are your ideal clients. So say, for example, you do family travel. That means that you're going to want to show up where families are. You're going to want to show up specifically where the moms, dad, or dads or caregivers are that plan travel, the person who has that role in a family. You're going to want to show up in front of them. So whether or not that is joining a Facebook group and with the permission of the group owner, promoting your link, or perhaps it might be jumping onto a podcast and being a guest about family travel. You know, um, a, f- a few weeks ago, I was on TV talking about family travel tips. Now, if I had a lead magnet or an opt-in form that I could promote, I would have done it there. I would have said, for more family travel tips, check me out at sandratraveltv.com. Uh, oh, sorry, Sandra Travel TV on social media or sandramacklemore.tv.com. Um, if I did, uh, recently I talked about destination weddings to a destination wedding magazine. They wanted to interview me about how to plan a destination wedding. I would have said, for more destination wedding planning tips, head over to my website and sign up for our free community where I give you tips every week or download our free checklist or whatever it is. So always be asking yourself, how can I get out, out from what I do every day and get in front of my ideal client? Uh, if you're part of Travel Marketing Revolution, our signature online course, we have an entire module that you can access right now. Um, no matter what season of Travel Marketing Revolution you're in, you can always access the most current season. And so jump in and do that module, Jenny, if you're part of that community. But other than that, ways that you can promote your um, your link for people to join your email uh, list is really just to be in front of them. So podcast episodes, Facebook groups, live events, reach out to people who have the same ideal client. The promotion bit, I have to tell you, Jenny, and anyone else who's in this boat, it is the bit that you have to be the most consistent in. My email list only grows when I do things to put myself in front of my ideal client and then promote my lead magnets. So you're going to want to do exactly the same. Jenny, we are super happy for you for getting this far in. And we know that if you continue the hard work and you stick it out, you're going to see that email list grow. All right, next question is from Jamie Allison, and Jamie is from Jet Setting, and her content is about fresh weekly content. She says, my niche is celebration travel, which I've broken down into three categories, 
family, friends, and romance. I did the exercise and have my experiences in each destination. You mentioned on the PS that one experience per destination is our content for the week. For me, I've been doing two experiences per week per category. Uh, My question is, should I continue to do one experience per category or one experience overall, but show how that one experience can be adapted to each type of travel group? I'm leaning toward the latter, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks so much. I love this question. So yes, I would lean towards the latter unless, okay, here's the thing. If you're sending one email, this is what's going to determine the answer for you, Jamie. If you're sending, and this is for anyone who has multiple niches, if you're sending one email, and you are sending it to your entire email list that week. And it might be um, why um, the Walker's Wood um, experience in Jamaica is so amazing and what it's all about. That might be the experience you're talking about, right? Because you're trying to sell more of a certain supply, maybe sandals in Jamaica. So you're trying to get people to understand the experiences that they can have when they go to Jamaica. So you pick Walker's Wood, which for those of you who don't know, is a beautiful outdoor um, kind of mini walking tour in the mountains in a garden where you learn all about the herbs and the spices and how they were traditionally used in old school medicine. And then you go into the actual factory where they're sources are made and imported world famous sources are made and imported exported all around the world it's a really cool activity it's good for families because you can take kids it's good for couples um, and it's good for groups of friends right so if you're sending that email out to everybody on your list you would use that one experience and say uh, here's an overview of the experience why it's great for families at the bottom is a subheading this is great for families because it's outdoors, the kids can walk, it's uh, tactile, it's interactive, they can touch, and the staff themselves are very animated and easy to, um, they're really good at explaining things in a way that kids would love. And we're talking like kids through to teenagers. Why it's great for lovers? Because this experience um, could foster cooking together. Um, so it could lead to cooking together because not only do you learn about the herb spices and you go in and see all the sauces being done, but they have a place where you can eat and then you can attach a cooking class to that at a different location. And it's a really romantic thing to do that you can then take home and continue to do together. There's like two dishes that my husband and I cook together and I love them because we work really well doing it. It's nice. It's relaxing. You can have a glass of wine, put some music on. Imagine doing that experience with your significant other while you're traveling and then bringing it home. Why it's great for friends? Because it's a little bit of everything. It's for your outdoor friend is going to love it. Your food focused friend is going to love it. Your curious friends are going to love it. So you would just list those three subheadings. The alternative, if you have multiple niches, is to send three separate emails where you would start off the email, you would have to have your list segmented, which means you have to know exactly who on your list is a romance client and a family client and a friend's client. And then you've got to send, you would um, adjust the email and just go straight into it. Walker's Wood is great for families because Walker's Wood is a great experience for lovers because when you're heading off to Jamaica with your friends, Walker's Wood is a great activity for the crew because here's the only concern that I have doing it that way. As much as I love targeted, laser-segmented um, marketing campaigns, there are people, you one, you may not know who's who in your list, and two, I am, for example, all three of those groups. I want to go on vacation with my friends, I want to go on vacation with my husband, and I want to go on vacation with my family. So 
my suggestion is just to do one experience each week, just like I've given you that example of going to Walker's Wood and then list subheadings why it is the most amazing experience for families or friends or lovers. I hope that that helps. Okay, let me see if I can get another question in today. I absolutely can. We're only halfway through. Next question is from Denise Hansuka from Travelux, and her question is also about Fresh Weekly content. So Denise says, Hi, Sandra, you use a company for some of your photos that show tablets, phones, or magazines with your content. For instance, the header of this page that she's filling in her question um, has one. Can you please advise the company that you use for this? Thanks in advance. I love this question. So actually, if you head over to our website, travelmarketingandmedia.com, the first thing that you're going to notice, of course, is that you don't have a menu at the very top. Well, we do that on purpose. We want people to be able to go through and read every single thing on our homepage and then decide where to go. So if you scroll all the way down into our footer, it's kind of like the utility drawer or the junk drawer at home, except it's not junk. It's got the full menu of everything. And there's three columns of white text. There's online courses, social media solutions, and explore. And under the explore menu, you can click on smart tools. The other way to get there is to go travel marketing and media dot com slash smart tools. Now inside of smart tools, you're going to find in here everything that we currently use or have ever used in our business. And it's divided by three tabs. So stage one is that you just need the most basic smart tools to start your travel business. Stage two, when you click on that, the list changes. And it says, I need smart tools and resources to scale my travel business. And stage three is I'm already profitable and I need smart tools and resources to skyrocket my travel business. So when you scroll down, you'll find a bunch of our tools in there. The actual tool that we are using is called Placeit. And Placeit, it's Placeit, um, is, and it's listed in here. You can go and take a look. Placeit is where you can create free mockups. Now, the other thing I do want to point out is that you can create mockups in Canva as well. I'm not sure if it's a pro feature or not, but you can definitely create them there. And there's a bunch of free mockup sites. We just really, really like um, Placeit because of the number of mockups that you can do in there. Um, and you'll notice, in fact, when you go over to our Smart Tools page, every image that you're looking at is a mockup. We did a screenshot of, say, for example, Buzzsprout, and then we put Buzzsprout into a laptop to make it look like someone was actually on the website and then stuck the logo over the top of it. So place it is the one that you're looking for. Head over to our Smart Tools page and have a look at all of the different resources that we have on there and um, see how we, we actually describe not only the resources and the tools that we use, but how you could use them in your travel business and give you some examples. And then you can click through. Some of them are affiliate links. So we do earn commissions on some of them if they're paid products. Um, and other ones um, are just our favorite ones. We've used all of them before and we currently use a bunch of them as well. So I hope that that helps. And then our last question for the day is from Anne Dansk from Daybreak Destinations Travel. And her question is about fresh weekly content. So this is the content that she's putting out every single week so that she can con- um I was going to say continue, but for some of you, it's continuing. And for some of you, it's starting uh, to put out weekly content. And that could be a podcast episode. It could be a video every week. It could be a blog or an article every week. Whatever you choose is the most comfortable for you. You would do the same every week. So if you're going to do a podcast, you do a podcast every single week. If you're going to do 
um, and a written article or a written blog, you do that every week. If you're going to do videos, you're going to go live, go live every week. If you're going to put up pre-recorded, do pre-recorded every week. You've got to be consistent. Now, the reason that you do that is so that you can prove expertise because at the end of the day, your audience has the choice to book online, book with another travel advisor, book with the suppliers directly, or book through you. So you have three main competitors. You have other travel advisors, uh, the online booking engines, and the suppliers. Now, for the most part, I don't know anybody who shops around to different travel advisors. I just, I don't. Some people that I know, myself included, will use a different travel advisor if there's specifically a niche that they want to dig into. So for example, our travel advisors are awesome with luxury travel, specifically anything Caribbean, Mexico, and Europe. But if I'm going to go and do an African safari, I'm sure my travel advisor would do a great job, but I'm probably going to go to an Africa, uh, an Africa specialist, somebody who that's all they do all day, every day. They're up to date with the laws and with the product and with the services out there. So for the most part, people are not going to shop around travel advisors, which really leaves the two main competitors that you have. And that's online booking engines doing it themselves or going directly through the supplier. So that's why you're putting out weekly content. Now, the weekly content that you're putting out, what's it about? It is in direct alignment with what you're trying to sell. So if you're trying to sell river cruises, your weekly content is going to be about the destinations and experiences that you can have if you river cruise. If you are trying to sell more all-inclusive five-star resorts, your weekly content is going to be about the destinations that have these resorts, the type of experiences that you can have in these destinations and at these resorts without promoting the actual resort. If your specialty is ocean cruising, um, but specifically maybe the exotics, you're going to go again for destinations and experiences. So this weekly content is really important. And I would say that it is the key to having people keep you top of mind and top of speed dial. I think when people ask me the two most important things. Like when people say, well, what do you think is the best thing that you ever did for your business? There were two, uh, two or three, probably three things. The first thing is that I really focused on building my email list, building it with, at first, tens of travel advisors that were the kind of travel advisors that I wanted to coach and I wanted to work with. Then hundreds of travel advisors. Then I wanted thousands of travel advisors. Then I wanted tens of thousands of travel advisors on my email list. Specifically, not all travel advisors, but specifically the type of travel advisors that want the kind of coaching and services and mentorship that I provide. That's the first thing that I ever did that was just the most incredible thing for my business. Having an email list so I can contact my audience, my community at any time. See, when I post on social media, only 4% of them roughly are going to see what I'm posting. If I send an email, 99.9% of my audience are going to get the email in the inbox and see it. So that was a bit of a long way to go around, but Anne's question this week, and I wanted to take that time to explain to you uh, and give you context. Her question is about fresh weekly content. So she says, hi, Sandra, when it comes to creating my weekly email content and marketing funnel, I'm struggling with imposter syndrome. Have you ever had to deal with it? And if so, how did you overcome it? 
What tips are there to help manage my imposter syndrome so that I can finally just sit down and create and build my weekly email content? I've been a travel advisor for 10 years. I know my stuff, but there's always this nagging feeling that seems to block me. Thanks so much, Anne. And I love this topic. In fact, I'm going to give you an answer here and then I'm going to jump over to my public podcast and do an entire episode on this. So here's the thing. Imposter syndrome is something that everybody gets. And to a certain extent, I think it's healthy. I think it's healthy because it's your own internal red flag saying, hey, are you meant to be doing this? Are you meant to be helping people? Are you meant to be taking this role? And why is that good? Because I believe that you should only ever serve people doing something that you have had success doing yourself or for other people. And I believe that of every single business owner on this planet. So for me, for example, what right do I have under what planet, what authority do I have that I can coach business owners to build and grow their business and make more money and have more work-life balance. Why am I qualified to do that? There's not a certificate that they hand out that says you can do it and you can't and it's regulated. I have expertise and authority because I have got success doing it myself, for myself and for other people. So the first thing that you have to ask yourself is what right do I even have to be a travel advisor? Well, if you have successfully planned travel for yourself or for other people, then you have earned the right to do it. You have earned the right to say that you are an expert. If you have experience in doing something for yourself or for someone else and getting positive results, then you deserve to be there. So that's the first thing I want to ask. If any of you struggle with imposter syndrome, whether you're new to industry or like Anne, maybe you've been a travel advisor for 10 years, ask yourself, am I meant to be doing this? Have I done this successfully for other people or for myself? Now, of course, she hasn't been, Anne hasn't been in business for 10 years without being able to answer yes to that. So she's going to answer yes right away. So you're probably thinking, well, why does Anne have imposter syndrome? And yeah, okay. So I know I'm a good travel advisor. I know I know my stuff. Anne already acknowledged that. Why do I have imposter syndrome? I'll tell you. You have imposter syndrome about a task, not about your role as a travel advisor. You have imposter syndrome about your role as a marketer. And if we drill down even more about each individual task. So what you really have is not so much imposter syndrome. You are procrastinating. So when we find ourselves saying, oh, I don't even know what I'm meant to be doing. I don't know if I should be doing this. Sometimes that is imposter syndrome where we, where we feel like, who, who am I to be here? But the majority of the time, we just don't have clarity on the task that we're doing. You see, clarity is where you're like, okay, I know why I'm doing this. I know how I'm going to do it, or I know how to figure it out. I know how to look it up and I know what the outcome I want to be. So I'm going to jump in. Now I'm all for jumping in when you don't know what you're doing and giving it a go. There are so many things that I have taught myself over the last years running business and just in life in general. I haven't been taught everything that I know by other people. In fact, when it comes to running a business, I would say that probably 30% I've been taught and 70% I figured it out along the way. That's pretty generous, um, giving 30% to other people. But yeah, I would say maybe 70% to 90% 
70 to 90, I figured it out on my own. So I believe, Anne, that you do not have imposter syndrome. And anyone who feels like Anne, where they're like on a specific task, like what Anne has said, sitting down to do my weekly content, I believe that that's procrastination over a task because you don't have clarity. And when you don't have clarity, you have confusion. So you only ever have one or the other. They can't live together. They're like oil and vinegar. They're like Mexican fighting fish. They're like tall puppies. You only ever have clarity or you have confusion. When you walk into, let's say, Target and you go to the aisle with uh, shampoos, if you have no, if you have a go-to shampoo, you have clarity. You know exactly what you want. You go there, you grab it. Now, there might be other things that interest you and you'll say to yourself, okay, well, let me have a look. But I know that my shampoo has to be for curly hair. It has to be for coarse hair, for black hair. It has to be hydrating. It's got to be for curls. So I have clarity on what I need. And for the most part, I pick up the same thing every time. But even if I get distracted by a shiny object, new shampoo, I still have clarity on what I need to walk away with. I'm not going to walk away with something for fine hair or for thin hair or for smooth, straight hair. I'm going to walk away with what I need. So I still have clarity there. When you don't have clarity, you have confusion. That would be the equivalent of me walking into the automotive aisle and having to buy oil for my car if I wanted to top up the oil in my car. Now, I know how to top up the oil in my car. I know how to check the oil levels in my car. I learned all of that before I got my driver's license, but I don't know which oil currently is the best oil on the market for my vehicle that I have right now. So I would have confusion in the automotive aisle. Now, if I went and spoke to an expert, it could be the man at the dealership who sells this brand of car that I have. It could be uh, an expert might be my, uh, well, here's a good example. An expert might be my husband. So there's two different types of experts. The man at the dealership or the service center, he's an expert because he has had experience doing this for other people for a period of time, probably many years. My husband doesn't have formal expertise in terms of educational qualifications, but he has successfully bought oil for his car many times. So there are two different types. It's like what I told you before. You either have to have expertise doing it for yourself or for someone else. So if I went and spoke to Anthony or I went and spoke to the man at the service center dealership and I asked them what type of oil to buy for my car and they told me and they wrote it down or they even showed me a picture of it, or they sent me a link to it. And I walked into Target and I walked to the automotive aisle, I would have clarity. Without their help, I would have confusion. So let's get to the exact task that you're looking at. You are looking at sitting down and creating your weekly email plan. So what you're going to write about every single week, there'll be a topic every single week. And then the second part of it is actually creating that content. So, Anne, I'm going to go out on a very secure limb here and say that you have confusion over what exactly you're meant to be sending out every week. You're asking, you're saying to yourself, I don't actually know what I'm meant to be writing. And if you do know what you're meant to be writing, you're asking yourself, you're saying to yourself, well, I don't have clarity on how to lay that out. So it is purely procrastination over one of those two tasks. I have imposter syndrome every time I am an MC. I think to myself, you have no 
experience. Well, I do have experience. I've done it many times, but I just don't think I'm that good at it. And I just don't think that people should be picking me, but they continue to book me and I continue to show up and it's got positive impact for my brand and for my business. But I have this imposter syndrome before I go on stage and I don't know what it is. And it takes me maybe about an hour to get through it on stage. And after the first hour that I'm fine for the rest of the conference. So I get it. I get it. But here's the thing. I don't have imposter syndrome on whether or not I can speak confidently in front of a thousand or 2000 people. I have imposter syndrome because when I break down the tasks, I don't yet have clarity. And I will tell you that my clarity comes, like I said, when I've been on stage for an hour, but the majority of clarity actually comes when I get my run sheet from the conference organizers, when I know exactly what is happening in exactly every single minute of the conference, when I have to get on stage, when I have to get off stage, what to do if a speaker runs over time, what to do if a speaker runs under time, what to do if I'm doing a fireside chat with a CEO of a travel company and they freeze. If I know exactly what I have to do and I'm prepared, all of a sudden it's not imposter syndrome. It's really just a lack of clarity in the individual tasks. And I would say also um, some nerves or anxiety in individual tasks can also make it feel like imposter syndrome. I know that I don't have my outfits picked out for my two days on stage and that must sound so shallow to you, but my clothing and makeup and hair give me confidence when I'm on camera and on stage. So knowing that I have no idea what I'm doing what I'm wearing, how I'm going to present myself, that gives me anxiety. And that then can very quickly snowball into you have no right being on that stage. So watch your thoughts because your thoughts start to spiral and they become your actions and they define your character and they give you these limiting beliefs. So next time you find yourself thinking, I can't do this or I have imposter syndrome, break it down task by task. And ask yourself, which task specifically is it here that's giving me the feelings? And then ask yourself, do I have clarity around the task or do I have confusion? I hope that that helps you, Anne, and anyone else who ever feels in this situation. There you go. All of today's cues with A's. So if you have a question that you would love to ask me, maybe it's been sitting on your mind for a while. Maybe maybe you don't even recognize it's a question. I'm going to put it to you like this. Not if you have a question more, are you stuck? If you are stuck on something and you just can't seem to push through, maybe it's that you don't know what the answer is, or maybe it's that you're trying to do something, but it just feels like Groundhog Day and it's never getting better and it's never moving forward. If you have a question or you're stuck on something and you're an All Access Pass member, send your question in to me. I would love to answer it on an upcoming episode of the podcast. Until next episode, bye for now.